This is the Raising Athletes Podcast, Season 1, Episode 21, Five Daily Rituals to Maximize Your Day, with Kirsten and Susie. Hi. This is, I'm, (laughs) (laughs) Once you know it's for real, you're like, (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Kirsten Jones. And I'm Susie Walton. And this is our podcast. Hashtag Raising Athletes with Kirsten and Susie. Our passion is supporting parents and raising not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. Join us each week as we tackle all topics youth sports, including everything from early specialization and overuse injuries, to helping our kids feel empowered and learn how to advocate for themselves, not only in the classroom and on the court, but at dinner tables and in their communities. We'll be talking to coaches, athletes, parents, and anyone else who will speak to us <laughs> about their experiences with youth sports and their paths to success. And even more importantly, their failures. Yes, we're going to get into the gritty details of what went wrong so that we can all learn from it, teach our kids and ourselves how to do better next time. Because in the words of Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. So welcome to Raising Athletes, because we love to win too. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to episode number 21, season one, episode 21 of Hashtag Raising Athletes podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the five daily rituals to maximizing your day. Hi, Susie. (laughs) Hi, guys. How is everybody out there? It's been a while since we've done this, huh? Yes, we had a little bit of a break, but we are back. And today it's just the two of us and we're going to go, what, what's coming up for us lately is talking about daily routines and how that maxim, help maximizes performance. And I'm in the middle of the basketball season with my two sons and now my, vol- my daughter's starting volleyball and people start bumping up into issues around how they show up every day. And so I, I love working with my clients on this and Susie uses this with her families that she works with too. So we thought we'd share our top tools for maximizing your morning for both parents and teens, by the way. Um, so I believe the biggest gift that we can give this generation is the gift of inner peace. And what if you, you could give your child the gift of knowing that whatever they encounter, whether it's good or bad, that knowing that they'll be okay. So I think what happens a lot of times is something bad happens or what is perceived as bad and we panic and we fear and we opt out. But if you knew that whatever happened in this moment, good or bad, whether you made the team or not, whether you failed at this or not, whatever, whatever went on, you were going to be okay then that would lead, lead to, to inner peace and greater success over time. And an amazing amount of resilience too. Right? Yes. We all, are gonna, we all have our journeys and you know, we're all going to have those, what you call like the dark nights of the soul where things aren't going well. But if we can instill that in our kids now before they're out of the house and on their own, that regardless, they're going to be okay. I mean, that's what it's all about whether it's sports, work, school, what, friends, whatever. Like, I think you know, that's the ultimate goal, that we're going to be okay. Yes. Well, we're seeing depression and anxiety. They're on the rise. And this is caused by the fear of the unknown. And what we, we want to control 
so many elements of our lives. And when we're able to realize that we're not going to control it and we're going to be okay, then that's when we can really truly take bigger risks, be more resilient, go for what we truly want versus we learn how to play smaller and smaller and smaller over time because we're afraid of what, what might happen. On the flip side, what are we, what are we leaving what opportunities are we letting go by us because we're not willing to go for them? So today we want to talk about, give you five tools that can help you, help you get to that. Um, and just, I, by the way, I'm very excited about these rules. Yeah. <laughs> They're good ones. Before we jump into the tools, we're going to talk about the rules because you need, people are like, when I work with my clients, they're like, okay, just so you know that I'm doing all of these things wrong. And so just so you know, there are no rules. And when, when people hear that they can't possibly do it wrong, that helps relieve the tension and the stress about it all. What these are set out for you to do is to play with. They're tools to try and experiment and go back into your five-year-old self. I think of it as a big, giant sandbox. And when we go to the sandbox, there's the Tonka truck, there's the shovel, there's the GI Joe. You can decide which tools you wanna play with, which ones work for you, and depending on the day, some will work and some won't. So the goal isn't to say there's only one way to do this. My practice is different from Susie's, is different from, you know, everybody has their own version of this, but hearing the ideas and then incorporating them into your daily routine is the goal. Um, and here's number two is motivation is a scam. So I have a lot of clients that are like, yeah, this is really great. I love all these ideas, but like, I'm just not really motivated to do that. <laughs> and, you know, if, if we really were waiting, we're waiting for motivation to strike, it would never strike. Like it's, it's always, there's always a great idea out there, but I'd love to go for a run. I just don't feel like it today. So either you decide what you're going for or you let things happen to you. So we want to talk about, creating this daily practice, this daily ritual that sets you on purpose for your day, that sets you up for success every day. And again, that for you, it might be a, a two-minute routine. That you might then grow it into a five-minute routine that might grow into a 20-minute routine. But there is no right or wrong way to do it. It's just creating something that works for you. And we just have to remember, you're not going to eat the elephant all in one bite. So I'm sharing with Susie the story of a, a man who was... He wrote, just wrote a book, James Clear, he wrote a book about atomic habits. And he talks in there about um, a client of his that lost 100 pounds. And when the guy said, I want to lose 100 pounds, how do I do it? And he said, well, here's what you're going to do for the first 30 days. For the first 30 days, you're going to put on your running shoes and your workout clothes, and you're going to drive to the gym. And you're going to go into the gym, and you're going to spend five minutes in the gym, and then you're going to leave. And people say, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm going to lose 100 pounds. I better start moving. Well, if you've never gone to the gym before, I'm guessing this guy had so much weight to lose. It, he obviously never had a workout routine or at least not one in the, in the near past. So it was like, you just need to form a new habit of just going to the gym. So that's how we, we start any new habit is just by trying. You're not going to lose 100 pounds the first day. But what you're going to start to do is, is form this habit. So for first 30 days, he just went to the gym. Day 31 to, to 40, he started working out for 15 minutes a day. We do the same thing as parents, right? So some of these things you're going to take and you'll be like, oh, I can do that today. And some of these things you're like, yeah, that's way too much for me to take <laughs> on. <laughs> Hold the phone. Yeah. 
for you parents out there, like, don't expect perfection. Like, you know, you want to focus on one thing, you know, like what we're saying here is like one thing that you want to improve upon and only, you know, spend an hour, like carve out an hour in a day where you can be on your A game when it comes to parenting and just really focus on doing it the way you feel is best for you and the kids. And then let the rest of the day, let it kind of happen if it can, but don't beat yourself up when it, you, when you don't do it the way you think you should do it, which is what we're talking about. Cause otherwise you'll just quit. It's like saying, I want to go run a marathon, you know? So the first day you don't go run 26 miles. Can you imagine what your body would feel like? You would never run again, you know? But so, you know, we, we build up on a mile and then a two mile and we, and we just keep building until our body and our mind's ready for a, a marathon for the 26 miles. So this is what we're talking about too, when it comes to goals. So no, rule number one, daily affirmations and gratitude. And this one seems so simple that it seems almost like, well, duh, of course everybody would do this. But really it comes back to what we focus on expands. Our thoughts become things. Where attention goes, energy flows. And I think this one is so positive for, and it can be used with kids at any age, right? Like you talk about using this with your little grandkids, right? Yeah. Like, so in a minute, we're going to take you through how to create an I am statement, but just that the use of words, the affirmations. Um, I was just sharing that the last couple of weeks ago, I had one of my three-year-old grandsons with me and we were hop- he was hopping from rock to rock to rock. And, and as he was going on, he goes, I don't think I can do this. I can't do this. Grammy, I can't do this. And everyone, every time you get to a new rock, I can't do this. So I stopped him. I said, Hey, listen, buddy, you can do it. And, and, and it's going to help if you start saying instead, I can do it. So he started hopping from rock to rock saying, I can do it. And he'd hop. And at the end he goes, Grammy, I can do it. And I'm like, I know you can, but it was, this kid's three and a half, you guys. And it was just a switch on words with him that made him feel confident enough to go out and try it. And, um, and it worked and it does work. So these I am statements, um, what you want to do is that you're going to get a piece of paper and a pencil and you're going to write down like three to five character traits that you that are, that are inspiring to you that you might see in other people that you wish you had. And you want to, you know, have a few that you already have that you want to develop more. So we're looking at traits like, you know, discipline, responsible, abundant, passionate, confident, kind, fun, artistic, throughout some more. Lovable. Capable, uh, thoughtful, yeah. focused, um, purposeful. You know, these are kind of the traits. And, you know, and, and then you're going to write the statement. You're going to put I am, and you only, got to, you only have to put I am down once. And then under that, put three to five traits. So I am kind, capable, focused, disciplined, you know, thoughtful, peaceful. And then, um, and you want to make sure at least two of those five are ones that you aren't really good at at all yet but you have always wanted to be like you know one of my big ones is I'm you know I'm a huge procrastinator so I I work on being more disciplined and getting things done at a timely fashion so that would be one of the words I have in my I am statement that I am disciplined Uh, and I could spend a lot of time looking all the areas that I'm not very disciplined in but that doesn't serve me and if I really want to become more disciplined it's really important that I'm already putting it out there as if I already am so, you know, you're going to say, I'm kind, loving, and you don't say, and I'm trying to be more disciplined. 
I am kind, loving, disciplined. There is no more trying business, okay? You guys, you either are or you aren't. And in this I am statement, three to five traits, and this is going to become your internal guidance system. This is who you are. And we suggest that you put it on an index card, put it on your phone. Post-it notes and put them on your bathroom. Put them bathroom. everywhere. So you're constantly saying them. And then, you know, when you're at a red light and you have like an index card or post-it note right there on your on your dashboard and you're saying, I am kind, disciplined, thoughtful, dis- um, abundant, loving. You know, your kids in the car are going to like, whoa, mom or dad, what are you doing? And um, you're going to say, I'm doing my I am statement. Well, you're... Some of your kids are going to say, well, you're, you know, you're not that loving. You, you yelled at me this morning. And that's a great cue because you're going to say to them, I know I'm not that loving at times. And it's something I'm really working on. And I mean, can you imagine your kids are going to be like, wow. Okay. Like when I started parenting a little differently, I told my kids, I yell so much. I don't want to yell anymore, but I need your help. Like if you hear me yelling or getting ready to start yelling, can you remind me to not yell? And so the same thing with your kids. They're like, oh, you're not that loving. Say, okay, when I'm not being loving, can you remind me? And you guys, if, you're, if, you're, if your um, I am statement is I'm kind, loving, and fun, and all of a sudden you find out, you know, you see yourself being grumpy and yelling or whatever, it doesn't mean you lost, you, that, that goal is no longer important to you. It just means that you just got off track a little bit. And this is where self-acceptance is going to have to come. You, you guys that are listening to this and creating this I am statement that you're going to have to be okay that sometimes you're not going to be that loving, kind, and peaceful person. So in those moments, you need to turn to self-care to say to yourself, what do I need to do right now to get me back on track to be the authentic person that I want to be? I want to be my I am statement. And it might mean a little bit more sleep or some food or some, an exercise, something to get you back on track. And by the and way, then, sorry, when you aren't whatever you're saying you are and your child sees that, that's also a beautiful thing, right? Because it then gives them permission to know they don't need to be perfect either. Right, exactly. And the thing is, your little kids are going to want to say, well, I want an I am statement. So with the, with the younger kids, you know, a kid's probably at 12 and under, you have them create an I am statement, but only with, you know, one to three words. And, and It'll be beautiful. And then this is what we're now talking about. We're talking about when we come into the world of sports. Like you with all your young athletes out there, what are their I am statements when it comes to playing a sport? Have you talked to them about that? So that's, you know, that's one of the things that we want to bring up with you guys today. Like this, you know, this isn't about, you know, how do you get your kids to play more minutes in a game? But at the same time, if they start doing these I am statements, that might help. That might help produce a few more minutes in the game. You never know, but it's that whole idea of these I am statements and all the things we're talking about today is letting your kids know that no matter what's going on, they're going to be okay. And if they have an I am statement, they can always fall back on. That's you know, that's money in the bank right there. Well, and, and to translate that to the sport, which is, I was practicing serving with my daughter yesterday, and I said, so what's going on with your serving? She says, I don't know. I'm not able to serve it onto the court that way. And I said, oh, well, let's change how we talk about it. What if you said, I am going to serve it over, over into the middle of the court? And she's like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. But how she's talking to herself, she didn't even hear herself talking to herself in the negative. And that's what was happening. The ball wasn't going over the net. So that's what we're talking about. These little statements that you think are little throwaway statements, 
carry over into everything they do, whether it's going to sit down for the math test or, you know, have an interaction with a teacher or a coach or onto the court or a, a teammate. These carry over into everything. It's all, it's all about how, how you show up. You know, in that negative self-talk that we're talking about here, um, Jack Canfield, the author of all the chicken soup books, I once heard him say um, that our our self-talk is is what brings on our self-esteem or takes down our self-esteem. And it's, so it's not so much what you one says to you is what do you do with that information and what are you telling yourself? So it was that same, same thing with my grandson. Like his, neg- his self-talk was so negative, I can't do it you know, or with your daughter. And, you know, so for you out there, like, you know, what, what is your talk, self-talk like? You know, because a study shows that out, out of every three adults, two suffer from low self-esteem. So, you know, and we want to remember that 95% of what you're modeling is what your kids are learning. Not, it's not that 5%, you know, they learn 5% by what you tell them. They're just watching you, watching how you treat yourself, watching how you treat other people. So make sure you clean up your negative self-talking and this I am statement is definitely one way to get you always back on track when you want to start ruminating on all the things that you don't do well and the second part of that is taking that I am and and leading into gratitude so when you're writing down an I am statement for the day you journal in gratitude every day people go oh journaling you know it got responses do I have to do that or I, I think I've had a hundred journals I've started over the years and I've gotten at least three days into it before I've given up but I mean day 257 <laughs> of literally journaling every day I started 257 days ago some days it's it's two pages some days it's five lines it doesn't have to be war and peace but when you're, when you're taking those I am statements, those positive statements to yourself, you're now journaling in gratitude. So this is a tricky one, and my clients are always saying, yeah, but what does that mean? So talk about things as if they've already happened. Like you would say, I would say to my daughter, write down, I am standing at the line, the serving line, serving the volleyball over the net into the court. I am so grateful that I was able to serve so strong this entire match. Does it mean that she served perfectly? No. Does it mean that every ball went exactly where she wanted to it? No. But what you're training your brain is to say, I am, I am receiving this. And what I am putting out there, the universe is, is bringing towards me. And that's how she'll then show up when she stands at the back line. Because when we get into our head and we're in the pressure of the moment, you're standing there saying, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. Oh, gee, watch the ball sail out of the court. I am going to do this. I'm going to go serve it in, in, in section six. Oh, look, I did it. That's what you're bringing into being. Same as, a, as an adult. Whatever it is you're doing today, in gratitude as if it's already happened. I am so grateful that I had the, mo- the 20 minutes this morning with my husband and I was able to make him a cup of coffee. It doesn't have to be setting the world on fire. It's just acknowledging what you are truly grateful for in that moment. I am so grateful that I'm taking two of my grandkids to Disneyland today and it's going to be so effortless and easy. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and watch how that happens, right? I can't wait. I'm so excited. That's awesome. Okay, so that was number one. Number two, 
what is fueling you today? What choices are you making about? Because obviously part of it is our mental, a lot of it is mental, but then we start subsidizing with other choices that we're making throughout the day about what are we eating? What are we drinking? How, how much are we moving? So much of how we feel is what we do with our body on a daily basis. Um, and I, I love listening to these other podcasts of people who are peak performers and the one that I've I've listened to, to LeBron now on a couple different things and LeBron James, like he's such a leader and, and you, your son gets to work with him on a daily basis. And it would be so fascinating to hear more, but maybe, you know, more, but his mindset is so fascinating that, I mean, even today, 16 years in the league, he, he journals in gratitude on his shoes. He says he writes a quote on his shoes about, mindset about how I'm going to show up today on the floor. He's still training himself in what's important to him every day. I think that's so fascinating because you say, okay, once I get to a certain level that I don't have to worry about this anymore. Not true. He's built this habit, this routine, this expectation of how he shows up regardless of whatever else is going on. There yeah. Is. And you can tell even because, you know, as you said, 16 years in the NBA, that's a long time. I mean, the average lifespan, I think, in the NBA is like three years. So the fact that he's and – he, and you might say, well, he's LeBron. Yeah, but LeBron's just not doing it because he's LeBron. It's because of what you're talking about, you know, these habits. And, you know, he talks about the importance of sleep and, you know, what he puts into his body. And, you know, so it's a really good podcast, anyone out there that wants to hear it and, you know, and share it with your kids too because – He's, he's one person that a lot of people look up to, a lot of kids look up to. So it'd be inter it would be good for, I think, for all the, you know, your kids, your athlete kids out there that know who LeBron is to actually have him, them listen to the podcast. Yeah. So that's the Tim Ferriss podcast when he has LeBron James on as a guest. It's, it's very fascinating. Okay. So number one, daily affirmations and gratitudes. Number two, fuel. Number three, morning meditation. I call this my going inside. Um, and I, about a year ago, actually, I was part of a, a course and a group of us decided to get up at 5.30 every morning and they lived, we lived all over the United States. So some people it was 4.30, some people it was 6.30, but we would do a video chat every morning at 5.30 and read from this book, How to Think and Grow Rich. And, I, and we did it all the way through Thanksgiving, through Christmas, through New Year's, all the way to the end of January. And I remember the first couple of days we did it, we all said, oh my gosh, can we really do this? What, you did it every day? Every day. You couldn't miss a day. Oh, and here's the thing. If you did miss a day, if anybody in the group missed a day, then you had to start over. With the book? With, uh, with uh, every day. It had to be 90, 90 consecutive days. Oh, start over. Yeah. So every morning for 90 days at 530 in the morning, you would read this chapter on persistence. What do you build? Why, why did you do that? Because you're teaching yourself we can do hard things right? But every day, you know, say, well, what time do you get up? Oh, I get up at six. I can't get up a moment earlier. Well, you've told, you've told yourself, that's the only time I can get, this is what I'm available for. But once you start peeling back the onion a little bit and saying, huh, so I got up for 90 days at 530. So then when I started introducing meditation and journaling into my practice, I was like, well, I've been getting up at 5.30 anyway to do this. I might as well just be up and be productive for myself and add the journaling into it and the meditation into it. So I kind of swapped one thing out for another, but I had already, I mean, it's back to the losing 100 pounds or running the marathon. You start with one thing and start sampling with it and it'll turn, you know, it'll morph into the next thing. So what do you, when you, when you get up, 
whatever time you get up, what are you listening to or reading or, you know, reading something inspirational, but surrounding yourself with, basically you want to prime your pump to be thinking about what do I want to create today? If I could create the most perfect day, like you're saying, I get to go to Disneyland today, <laughs> you know, like you, you are, per, you are creating the perfect day, right? You're choosing that. And that's, and that's why that's coming into being, right? So um, probably the most important rule that I can have with the whole meditation thing is your phone should be off. Do not even touch your phone until after you've done your morning routine. We're all now in this Pavlovian response where the second we wake up, we grab our phone and we start scrolling through all the news of the day. Before you add any of that junk in, keep, keep the area clean and, and just, again, be on purpose and focusing on what you want to create for your day before you start going into the, all the, all the to-dos. Yeah, you know, I started putting, finally, after many people telling me to do this, I, I finally started putting my um, phone on the airplane plane mode yeah. before I go to sleep at night. Um, but, and so then when I wake up in the morning, whatever time it, that is, I meditate with it still on airplane mode just to keep me from looking at my emails because you're so right. It's so easy to go there first and yeah. check out things and see if there's anything that needs to be done and then meditate. Yeah. Doesn't airplane happen. Mode, you guys, it's great. And it's actually much better for your brain cells too, not to have the phone on. Yeah. And then you're also like, ooh, I get this little treat when I'm done with my meditation. So I'm going to go do this first. And then I can get on. I mean, all of that will still be waiting. All the tweets, all the posts, all of that will be there for you. Um, what, anything else in the morning routine that you have you want to add? Well, I, I just, for myself personally, um, my morning routine goes a whole lot better when I go to bed at a decent hour. And that's something I've always kind of has struggled with because I'm, much more of a night person than the morning person. But um, having grandkids now has been a blessing along with one of the many blessings that when they spend the night with me, they go to bed, right? 8, 8.30 or something. And it's making me go to bed at 9.30 or so. And as a result, my meditations are a lot more clear or whatever I'm doing in the morning is clear because I feel better because I got some rest. So for you out there, I, I know that, you know, a lot of you have kids and you're like, are you kidding me? I'm like, you guys especially with meditation, like if I might wake up at five and knowing it might be my only 20 minutes before kids wake up, I'll just lay in bed and meditate. And then after 20 minutes, I'll fall back to sleep and try to get the rest of the sleep, whether it's 40 minutes or an hour before the kids wake up or even in my own life without kids being here. So you guys can make it work. I mean, it's, it's it, as we keep talking about, it's just creating that routine. And, and not to beat yourself up when you don't do it, or maybe that you fall asleep in the middle of a meditation, but at least you put it out there and you're creating the habit. And that's the most important. Whenever I have a client, actually I have a woman right now, where like she starts every call with, I suck at this. <laughs> it's like, but that's awareness. So even just the fact that you're trying it and it not working and, you, uh, and you're realizing you're not into a routine yet, that's okay. That's you getting, you're playing with it. You're attempting it. And the more you attempt it, and you figure out which, which formula works for you, whether it's some people read from the Bible, some people are reading an inspirational quote, some people are reading, you know, listening to a podcast, whatever your formula is, some people meditate, whatever your formula and what works for you, but it's figuring that out. And you, the only way to do that is to play with it and to, to attempt it. And, so, and, and what you keep coming back to, which I love is don't beat yourself up that you yeah. haven't figured it out. Yeah. Have self-acceptance, you guys, the human beings, we're really messy you know, 
crazy people out here. So just be, be have that love for yourself that you're not going to just get it. Like you're just not going to do a marathon in one day. You're not going to get this practice down in one day, but stick with it. That's that part the sticking with it will allow that whole idea that no matter what, you're going to be okay. And again, it's your modeling to your kids. Gosh, I've been trying to meditate or get up and do this gratitude things. And I suck at it, but I'm not quitting. And that's what they need to hear. That's what I have. I have another four-year-old grandson who loves playing basketball, you know, and by himself. And, you know, he's like, I'm like, don't give up. Keep going. Like, you know, keep it going. You, 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 you never know who's going to get that rebound. If you don't get it, keep going. Don't quit. And he's so cool. I love watching him do that. I'm not quitting. I'm not, I'm, I'm not giving up. I'm going for it. I'm going to keep going. And he's four. And it's so fun to watch him like learn these kind of tools now. So you guys with little guys, there's, it's never too soon to start putting these thoughts and ideas into those little brains of theirs. And they're not very low, actually. They're brilliant, big brains of theirs. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Which leads into the next point, which is point number four, which is our top five people rule. And this one is huge because it, it comes in, it, it's combined with the self-talk and what's going on, your inner editor. Um, who are you surrounding yourself with? And I consider those to be people that are living dead, you know, in your audible, in your podcast, on the radio, um, friends, you know, who are you scrolling through on social media? You know, there are people that you need to edit out of your life because some of them are not positive. They're not helping you. They're not making you feel better about yourself. Um, you know, and so we're getting close to New Year's and of course everybody wants to set New Year's resolutions, but it's like doing a cleanse and we can do it anytime. You can kind of reset whenever you want, but sometimes you'll realize, wow, whenever I get off the phone with that person or whenever I see this person, you just have that inner knowing that they're not, they're not on your team. They're not trying to help you. They're not giving, or they're not giving you positive energy. You walk away and you feel, and then there's other people that you're like, I mean, I was sitting, getting ready to get, on this call. And I was like, I get to see Susie. Like, I just get excited to see you. <laughs> like, so I, she's part of my top five. Like I know we should be together because she's an energy giver. And I, and I love being around energy givers. So finding others that are energy givers as well versus psychic vampires that are sucking your blood and sucking your energy. So critical. And, you know, and I know you guys have friends. I, I have some really good friends from grade school and, you know, from all of my lifetimes. But, but then, you know, I see them on Facebook and sometimes they can post some of the most negative things. And part of me has wanted to, like, unfriend them, but they're my friends. So I, I learned that you can click on the right side and you can undo that post. So you don't have to always, like, go of your friends on Facebook or whatever, but you can always let get rid of the post so it's not showing up in your face. And that's what I do when I have some really good friends who just, you know, they just post negative stuff at times. And I'm like, okay, not that post, hide it. Yeah. And so, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to throw away your friends that you've had forever, but keep it clean and keep it positive. And you know, what you're saying too, is like have your top five that, you know, it, you know, when push comes to shove, they're going to get you up and running no matter what's going on in your life. Cause we all need those kind of people. There's going to be times in your life. You're so low and you're so down and you're so upset about your kids. Oh my gosh, you guys remember I had four sons. There were sometimes I like I'm gonna go teach a parenting class right now with my kids doing A, B, or C. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this is Who's insane. Gonna listen? Oh my god, I can't believe I'm teaching parenting right now. I need parenting, yeah. you know. But the thing is, 
I had, you know, some good people that I could um, rely on. And you, we all need those kind of people that can lift us when we can't lift ourselves. Yes. And, and be okay having those people in your life and be okay calling on them in times of need, too. And parenting and being, you know, a parent and an athlete. <laughs> uh, don't get me started. <laughs> and the clutter is not only relationships, but your inbox and your house. You know, like even sometimes I give myself the challenge of purging one drawer. But things that the more that we can get rid of that isn't serving us, the better off we can be in, in, in attracting more of what we want, right? Um, there's Say one, that again. That's a good one. Say that again. The, the more, more that we can get rid of things that aren't serving us, then the better off we are in attracting what we do want more of, right? So we have relationships or things, stuff that we collect, or you know, we're, we subscribe to some newsletter three years ago that we've never read. Delete, you know, unsubscribe. Clear out the news, the, the inbox, clear out the, the closet, get rid of, uh, clear out the relationships that aren't serving so that you can attract those relationships that you truly want in your life. You know, I feel so blessed right now. I had a whole mean girl thing going on 20 years ago. I don't have mean girls in my life anymore. I only have positive, amazing women. I literally, I'm surrounded by all of these amazing women. And it's like, I think it's because I don't, I'm not emotionally available for them anymore. I've moved on, right? I've let go. And that's, that's, thank you for bringing that up because um, you guys out there, especially you with girls, they're going to have mean girls in their lives. And hopefully you're like my girl here who's learned to get rid of them all. And you can let your girls know, your daughters out there know, like in 20 years, you're not going to have mean, you'll, you'll be able to choose in ways that work for you. And you might as well start practicing now like how to get rid of the mean people in your life because it's not, it's not serving you. And again, you know, you, my dear, are such a beautiful example for your own daughter. Like she sees who your friends are and she's like, wow, there are no mean girls in your life. And for you moms out there, especially with daughters, who are your friends? What are you modeling to your, your daughters about mean girls, so to speak? I mean, I know there's mean boys out there too, but I feel like mean girls are. Yeah. <laughs> mean. <laughs> Think you're just put it out there. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Number five, surrendering. This <laughs> one is so huge and it's, it's, it's so important. <laughs> yeah. It's so important. And people are like, well, what does that mean? What do you mean surrender? What am I just, I can do, I can do nothing. I can just sit here and well, so it's, it's asking every day, you know, what, what can, how can I be of greatest service today? What is my mission? What are my mission and my values? And, and I'm talking about that from a high, high level, a 10,000 foot level. If, if I know what I'm here to do today, then what, how can I be of service? And asking that in the way of getting out of your own way. And a lot of times that's what we do. We are like, yeah, but we get caught in that story of, yeah, well, I want to do this, but I can't. And, you know, everything is about the but. And when we let go of, needing to have the answer to everything and letting things flow to us. That's when we can become truly. Can you give Will you give a, like a concrete example for our people? Um, let me think of one. I have a client who is, is, has some health issues right now. And she is so focused on focusing on the, the health issues that she can't, because I can't find joy. And sometimes I say, we need to just set aside. And I'm not saying that you don't have those health issues, 
but what, well, how can you surrender to say, okay, even if I do have these health issues, what can I do today? What actions can I take? What, how am I going to talk to myself? Who am I going to connect with? What am I going to do? And I mean, actually her assignment this week is to every day, pick one thing in gratitude, go, go do a random act of kindness to somebody you don't know. And I'm talking about smiling at a stranger at Costco today or picking up, you know, some trash as you walk by on the street. Like it doesn't have to be huge. Again, we're talking about little baby steps that are surrendering to what you do have control over. And we so often feel like, well, I've given up all my power. I don't have power. It's not my fault. This is all happening to me, but it's actually all happening through me. It's <laughs> awesome. It's not happening to you. It's happening through you. You're allowing it. Yeah. You're allowing it's, like saying, it's like saying, oh, my car ran out of gas today. What do you mean your car ran out of gas today? What, your car just started up on its own and drive through the streets of San Diego until all of a sudden it ran out of gas? No. You allowed your car to run out of gas. So own your stuff. It sounds, you know, sometimes we don't like to tell, say it like that because we don't want to seem stupid. But sometimes we say the most stupidest things by saying, <laughs> my car ran out of gas. My phone ran out of, you know, is, is no longer charged. Well, yeah, but it's not the phone or the car. It's us. So, yes, I love what you're saying. Yes. We're allowed to run through us, right? Right. It's coming through you. And yet we yeah. get into this story about, well, not my fault. Well, this happened to me and that happened to me. And I could use an example from this weekend. My son had practice at 10 and he woke up at 9.50 and he said to my husband, well, can I just text the coach and tell him that my car broke down? <laughs> and husband said, no, own yo shit. <laughs> you better get in your car and get to the gym. And whatever happens when you get there, is what's going to happen. So I and said, right, you're going to be okay no matter what. You're going to be okay no matter what. So I said, later, I well, how'd that go? He goes, well, actually, I got there at 10.05, and we didn't start practice till 10.15. So Perfect. it was a gift. You got away with it. <laughs> Next time, you might not. You know, uh, going back a step, like we were talking about the random acts of kindness. Um, when, you, when you guys are doing the random acts, like the main thing is do it with intent. You know, with the idea that you are doing a random act of kindness, so you're, 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 or do it with intent that you're going to surrender the situation about your kids getting their homework done before they go to practice or whatever. Surrendering, knowing no matter what, it's going to be okay. You know, yeah, maybe they'll have to mispractice, which means they might not start or whatever. That's okay. You guys, I just, we want you just to be okay with life and letting your kids live life because that's what's going to help them in the bigger picture. I think one reason we have so many kids that are angst out and depressed are because not only are they feeling the pressure of the world, but they're feeling the pressure of the parents. I was just reading an article of a study that a certain amount of kids were asked, what do you think is more important for your, to your parents, your grades or being kind? And I think over 95% of them said, oh, hands down, our parents are much more concerned with our grades than how kind we are to people. And I bet on the side that if you were to ask those parents what's more important, I would imagine the majority would say that they're they're kind. But it's not the message they're getting from their from the parents because we put so much pressure on them about grades and all that stuff. Because we're sure that's going to be the key to their success at the next level. And if they don't get that now, then they're going to be you know pretty soon they're going to be here, and then they're in the street and they're going to be homeless, right? So we've like the thing is like I read or that in that um, documentary. Um, race to nowhere 
where they say at UC Berkeley during study, during the finals, the psychiatric wards are overflow, like standing room only because of kids so stressed out about their finals. Yeah. Yahoo. We got them off the college, but now what? They're all out and yeah i mean that's another whole topic but let's we'll stay focused in our ims and our gratitude in our journaling and again you guys it's your kids hardly ever have hardly ever hear what you have to say but they're always watching what you do so journal in front of them do your gratitude journal in front of them you know talk about random acts of kindness and saying this is what i'm going to do today you know I, i have my little grandkids practicing waving to people when we cross the crosswalk as saying thank you for waiting for us to cross the crosswalk, just little things that you know, just to get them in that mode of always being in gratitude of of their life and things that happen to them. Yes, absolutely. So let's review. So the five tools for maximizing your morning are your daily affirmations and gratitude. Number one. Number two is fueling. What are you fueling with physically, mentally, emotionally? Number three is your morning meditation practice. Whatever that looks like, you may start with a minute, maybe 20 minutes, up to you. Play with it. Figure it out. Number four is your top five. Who are the top five people you're, you're spending time with? And number five is surrendering. How are you surrendering today in service of what you're creating with your life and how you're showing up? And what are you modeling to, you, to yourself and to others about who you are? Because... What your, your actions are screaming so loud, I can't hear what you're saying, you know, that thing, which is we all say one thing and do another, right? But how you're showing up in the world is so much more important than what's coming out of your mouth. Yeah. What's that saying? It's not the tongue in your mouth. It's the tongue in your shoe that matters. Like oh. the, act, the steps you're taking is not what all the words that we're using, but what, what, you know, what's our action? Yeah. And I just want to wrap around that too, that, that piece again about the self-acceptance of the, of the moments that you're not doing this and not to sit there and, and you know, beat yourself up. You always, you know, go to what do I need to do in the world of self-care to get me back on track to doing these things that I, that I want to be doing. That's great. Yeah. And, and the more you can do it and show your kids you're doing it, the more they're going to give themselves permission to do it. And when they do that, you know, that's, of course, what we want them to do, but we, we aren't doing it. So why would they do it? They see us uptight and wanting perfection and it not happening. and They're, they're feeling that pressure as well. But when we take the pressure off the hook, then they're like, oh, well, now I can just get curious. Now I don't have to be focused on the outcome. I can just focus on the process. And it's through the, the focus on the process that they get it totally expand and grow and yeah, get that they're okay. That they're going to be okay no matter what. Exactly. Awesome. Well, parents, if you enjoyed this and you know other sports parents who are trying to get better at supporting their teen athlete, we would be so honored if you go onto iTunes and rate and share this podcast. You can leave a, a review. Um, but getting getting this show out there is what we're truly trying. We're all about. We're almost through a first year of doing this, and we're so excited to be sharing it and getting it to, to broader and broader audiences. Our goal is to support parents and not only raising strong athletes, but more importantly, extraordinary people. We're trying new things, failing forward, and getting up and doing it all over again.